turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 1, verse number 15. You're all familiar with this. And uh, today our word is, uh, the message, the word God gave me today is repentance, a doorway to blessing. You've heard me say this Sunday after Sunday, many times throughout the years that we've been here, that repentance is a doorway to blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's nothing to hang your head about. It's nothing to feel con uh, condemned or drag yourself into dust about. It's that when we have repentance in our heart, there's a doorway open of blessing unto us. It's God's way. Mark chapter 1, verse number 15. Jesus, when he came on, uh, when he rose up and began his ministry, really, he says uh, in verse number 15, uh, well, let's look at verse 14. And after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. How many of you know now faith is? Now faith is. Not tomorrow. It didn't pass you by. Now faith is. And Jesus says the time is fulfilled, meaning now, now, this day, he says, and the kingdom of God is at hand. God is reaching out to each and every one of us and saying, come, come and partake of what I offer you, of what I have for you. And the first thing that Jesus announces is that now is the time that the kingdom of God is made available to whosoever will. That's what Jesus was saying, that whosoever will, now is the time to enter in, to partake of the things of the kingdom of God that was not so available like it was when Jesus came. God was doing a new thing in Christ, a radical thing, making the kingdom of God open to whosoever will. Come. And he says, and the first thing that he says is repent. A word that is not heard in the Christian ranks as much anymore, if ever. Repent is the first word that Jesus said. Hallelujah. Repentance. Why did Jesus call people to repent? Because repentance is a doorway to blessing. It's the doorway to the entrance to become a child of God, an entranceway into the, to the realm of the love of God. And so Jesus called people to repent, he said, and believe in the gospel. Believe what I'm saying to you, Jesus is saying. Believe my words. How many of you believe Jesus' words? Amen? Every word. Not just some of the words. All of Jesus' words. Amen? And so he says, repent and believe in the gospel. See, repentance is the underlying, it's the foundation of the word. It's a, you cannot rip repentance out of the Bible. You can't put it away and hide it under something. It's got to be looked at and understood, and we must respond to the, to the call of Christ to repentance. Now, we're going to see there, there's repentance that we, before we come to God, we need to repent. But after we come to God, what does it mean? What does repentance mean to us after we come to God? After we're children of God? After we're sons of God? There's a difference, you know? And so we want to look at this. Jesus wanted it to be preached. Here, when he came on the scene, the first things he said is repent. Because there's something great for you here. There's something great being offered you. And in order to receive it, you can receive it, but there needs to be repentance and belief. Faith in me. Faith in the word of God. Faith in what I'm telling you. Jesus came with words of life, and he was presenting it to the people. And who would ever believe on it? It would pierce their hearts, and it would bring them to a place where they would say, yes, Lord, I need to repent. I want to repent. I desire to repent. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter number four, uh, chapter number 24, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 24, and uh, looking at verses 46 to 48. 
the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, verses 46 to 48. And he and said unto them, Jesus is saying, Thus it is written, and thus it is, uh, it, it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, uh, uh, the dead of the third day. And that, in verse number 47, we've got to believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. Amen? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came, he died, he rose again, and he lives. Amen? We, we look at a risen Savior. And Jesus says that when we believe, when we look, that Christ died on Calvary's cross and rose again on the third day, he said, and that repentance, the first word that comes out after he says, believe on the resurrected Lord, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And it says, and you are witnesses of these things. Your witnesses that repentance must be preached. It didn't say repentance should be covered up and forgotten and, and uh, just put, you know, put under some. It says the first thing that needs to be done when we understand that Jesus is risen from the dead, that he came and went to Calvary's cross for your sins, we need to preach, you need to preach, everyone needs to preach repentance and for remissions of sins. Because without re repentance, there is no remission of sin. And without remission of sin, there is no entrance into the kingdom of God. There is no access to the throne of grace when, you have, when, you're, when there's a living in sin without repentance. And so the Bible declares to us, Jesus says, repent. It is preached that Jesus said, preach. Repentance must be preached. How many of you hear repentance preached on the radio? on the TV. You don't. It's, it's, a forgotten, it's a forgotten word in the Christian realm, sadly and unfortunately. But it says, uh, you are witnesses of these things. You understand that we are called to preach repentance. The book of Acts, chapter number two. Book of Acts, chapter number 2, verses 36 to 39. Hallelujah. It says that, that you know that God made Jesus Christ. He made him to be Lord and Christ. And it says, and when they heard this, they, they were pierced to their heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men, what do we need to do? He was preaching about Jesus being raised from the dead, crucified and raised from the dead, and that God made him Christ and Lord and Savior. And the men who heard these words were pierced, and they said, what do we need to do? This world is, 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 must understand what is needed, what they need to do with the, when they hear about Jesus being risen and, and giving himself on Calvary's cross. What must we do? When you, heard the, when you heard the gospel of Christ, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus rose from the dead, wasn't it asked, then you asked, what must I do? Why? Well, I said, what do I need to do to be born again? What do I need to do to take hold of this wondrous gift of salvation? And here Peter says, then Peter said unto them, repent. The first word out of his mouth, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repentance is a doorway to blessing. Because when you purpose in your heart to repent, repent is a turning, a hundred degree, uh, a turning from what you were, how you were living, to how now looking at Jesus and saying, Lord, I want to live in I want you to be my shepherd and my God. I want to live for you. I don't want to live in sin. I want to live in your righteousness, in your ways, and in your word. And so, and he says, when you repent, you will receive the gift, the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't repent and earn. You repent and receive. Repentance is not that you repent and earn. 
It's you repent and God will bless. That's why I say repentance is a doorway. It's a blessing because it's a, the gift of the Holy Spirit comes to those where there is real, true repentance uh, laid down at the Calvary's cross. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given unto you. It's not some secondhand gift. It's not a hand-me-down. The Holy Spirit is holy. Holy. He's the power of God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will be given as a gift. Think about that. We were enemies with God, sinners, defying God, sinning against God. And God says, repent, and I'll give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. When people think of the Holy Spirit, they, it just goes like right over their head, like, well, well the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of the living God who wants to come into your life to transform you and change you and let you know the wondrous power and love of God for your life. We've got to have a reverence and a respect and an honor knowing the privilege that as we repented, God freely gave us a gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How do we treat that wondrous gift of the Holy Spirit in us? Do we value? Do we get excited? Do we say, wow, Lord, what a wonderful gift. Holy Spirit, thank you that you abide in me and work in me. Oh, Lord, help me to live the life of, of joy for my Savior. Salvation is joy. Salvation is joy. Let me restore me to the joy of my salvation. Repentance brings a wondrous gift of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And he goes on to say, this is not just for you, he says in verse 39, but this is for your children and all who are afar off. In other words, whoever repents from this day onward to, to the coming of Christ again will be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is not like a one-time offer where you act now or forget it, it's over. You know, you don't, you know, we can't do it. You heard some of those commercials, you know, you, we can't do this all day, so you better order now. But how much do you know? They're next month and next month are saying the same thing. But Peter was making clear that this gift, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit into the person, people's lives, is an ongoing to whosoever will receive God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and repents and calls on His name, believes in Him, there comes a free gift of the Holy Spirit into your life to change you and transform you, to let you know the power and the wondrous love of God at work in your life. In Acts chapter 17, go with me to Acts chapter 17, verse number 30. Acts 17, verse 30. You see, Jesus was calling people to repentance. Peter was proclaiming repentance needs to be preached. Here in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, it says, And the times of this ignorance of, of, of this ignorance, God winked at. But now. Look at the words. But now commandeth all men everywhere to what? Now God commands every man to repent. Because now God has offered Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. He caused him to be born of the flesh, 
to be brutalized and beaten and scourged and mocked and spit upon and die a brutal, cruel death on Calvary's cross. And that he rose him from the dead and made him ascend to heaven where his blood was shed, his body was broken. And now God cannot wink at sin anymore. Now God commands because I gave the most precious thing I have, my son. Now you must repent. There, you're, there's no ifs and God, it says, commands, commands that every man should repent. Because he wants every man to be blessed through the offering and the sacrifice of Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. God is not an ogre. God has provided a powerful, wondrous gift through Christ Jesus. And now he's commanding everyone, come and be blessed. Come and have life. Because it's not God's will that any should perish. And so God is commanding everyone, come and repent and be saved and know the love of God and the provision of God for your life. So why does God call out repentance? Come and you repent. He wants people to have a life eternal with him. He doesn't want them to miss out. He wants them to know the love and the provision of God. And so what does the enemy do? The enemy says, oh, repentance is a dirty word. Repentance makes you feel condemned and shamed. Run away from that word. Hide that word. Rip that word out of the Bible. But what does that word do when you respond to it? It brings you into eternal life. It brings you into, into the kingdom of God. It brings you into the blessing and provision of God. This is why the world and the enemy says repentance is a dirty word. It's a down, it's a word that makes you feel, ugh. The world takes the words of God, like sin and repentance, and tries to hide them because there's power. There's life-changing power in the word repent. When we understand it, when we understand it, and when we do it, it changes our lives forever. How many of you repented and had your life changed? I thank God that I repented of my sin on the cross of Calvary. I thank God that I called on the name of Jesus and said, Father, I'm, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. I don't want to do it anymore. I thank you for your grace and your mercy poured out through Christ Jesus. My life was changed and I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed. I'm never going back because I repented. God opened the door for me to make me become his child and his son. He's made me to know the pleasures of God, the joys of my salvation. This is why the world says, don't talk about repentance. That's a bad word. In the world. It's a bad word. The devil knows that there's liberty, there's freedom, there's, there's a doorway to blessing, and the devil tries to close it by saying, Stop repenting. That's a bad word. Don't think about that word. Don't let, the, don't let preachers preach that word about repentance. But Jesus says, Repent. Peter says, Repent. It says in Acts, God commands every man everywhere to repent. Because he warns us that without repentance, the only thing left is judgment. The only thing left is separation from God, and that breaks God's heart. God does not want to see anyone, anyone. I don't care that worst of sinners, God does not want to see them separated for eternity from him. And that's why God is commanding people to repent that they can know his love and his wonders. The pulpits are so empty about repentance that can set people free. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Second Corinthians chapter 7. And I just want to read verses 9 and 10. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Now I rejoice 
not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. He's talking to believers. You see, God calls man who doesn't know about him, he calls, he commands them to repent so they become child, children of God. And so the world out there needs to know that there's a God that loves them, gave their only begotten son for them, and God is calling them to change their ways choosing to change their ways and live for God. That's the repentance that God calls the ungodly to. But now we become born again, and now we're serving God. We've repented of our sins. We said, Lord, I want to live for you. You see, there, there's a sorrow, sorrow that, but ye that sorrowed to repentance, for you were made sorry after a godly manner. But the Bible in here tells us there's two kinds of sorrow, a godly sorrow and a worldly sorrow. Sorrow is sorrow, but there's a godly sorrow and there's a worldly sorrow. Sorrow itself is not repentance. Being sorry for something, having a having a, 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 an anguish or pain about something is not repentance. You know, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out in the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Repent and be converted. Turn back to God. Turn back to God. The Bible calls us in the beginning to turn to God and accept Jesus Christ. But there are so many believers who come to Christ and say, I'm born again. And some churches teach that once you're born again, you're saved forever, no matter what you do, how you live. That's wrong. That's false. That is not gospel. It's not true. We repent and we come to Christ. And there's times when, when, when believers, children of God, get caught up in certain things. And they need to be converted. They need to turn back to God. They're children of God. Not that they're son, not children of God. Their names haven't been uh, taken out of the book of God's, of the Lamb's book of life. But they made bad, they're making bad choices and bad decisions and they're putting themselves in places like the prodigal son that they shouldn't be doing. Touching things they shouldn't touch. And God says, you need, there needs to be repentance and then there, you need to be converted. You need to turn around, turn back to, to fellowship with God. Turn back to see the wondrous love that God has brought you into. You see, when we have a godly sorrow, we understand that God loves us so much, he gave us Jesus. God wants to have fellowship with you. God wants you in his presence. God wants to love on you. God wants to work in your life to do what he needs to do. There's things that only God can do in your life. 
And that could only take place when you're in his presence, when you're with God and you're, you're just you and the Lord and you pour your heart. God can work in your life. This is where God wants you to be, in his presence. But one, some things happen that, that kind of draw us away from his presence and into things that we shouldn't. And, and God is saying, be converted. Come back. Change your minds. Look at what you're doing. Stop and think about what you're doing. Stop and think about where you're going. Stop and think about your, your come back into my presence so that I can work in your life. I can be a blessing and bring times of refreshing and joy into your life. When we're born again, you see, when we become born again, we're born again to relationship with Jesus Christ. We're born again to understand, God, you're my father. You redeemed me. You saved me. You loved me. You want to grow me. You want to you wanna speak into my life. You want to touch me and heal me. You want to do so much in my spirit, soul, and body. Oh, Lord, and I thank you that you call me into your presence and into your fellowship. This is where God's desire that we be in fellowship with him. That's what it is to be born again. We have no business fellowshipping with sin. We have no business fellowshipping with filth and things that are not good. We have every business to be about Father's business. Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy, our pleasures forevermore. This is what we as born-again believers need to be so excited about. Lord, I want to live in your presence today. Lord Jesus, there's nothing greater than being in your presence, being with your people, being in your house. I don't want to do the things I used to do anymore. We used to sing that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. You know, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Why? Because I found fellowship with God who loves me. I found a fellowship divine. I found a fellowship that is out of this world. I found a fellowship where I am loved and accepted and, and all cared for. And oh, I could just run into Father's arms anytime, any day, anyway. Why would I want to go get caught up in something else? See, repentance, that's why, see, the Bible tells us in Romans, what? Be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That's a process, an ongoing. See, we're born again. We're children of God. We're sons of God. We're loved of God. God cares for us. Our spirit is born again. We, we're, we have a new heart and a new spirit. But our mind is still in a process of being renewed. And repentance or conversion really means a change of, of mind, of, of thinking, of attitude that, hey, I'm born again, I'm saved, I've been redeemed by the blood. What business do I have fooling around with this or with that? And God is saying, be converted, be repent. Get your mind renewed, understand I love you, I want you in my presence. And so we too often... People are, are just patting on the back saying, oh, it's okay, you can do what you want, and God loves you. Yes, God loves you. Absolutely, he loves you. But God does not want us to be fooling around with things that he delivered us from and saved us from and purchased us through his body and blood of Christ. He doesn't want us going back into that stuff. He wants us to touch new things, the holy things, the righteous things of God. Put our hands to that which is good. What, want, what makes us want to change our mind, our thinking? The love of God. The love of God. Not a whip. Not a command. Not somebody putting a leash around your neck and saying, come on, you've got to do this. Get over here. That makes nobody, that makes people resist and fight back and say, I'm out of here, God, I don't want that. It's the love of God that leads us and draws us to say, wow. What a wondrous love. What a wonderful salvation. Lord, you've, you've made me a child of, of God. I want to live for you because I love you. 
I want to change my way of thinking. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that because it hurts you. You delivered me from that, and I'm sorry I went back to that. My mind, I need to repent by changing my mind. Repentance is not going down say, oh, oh, no, filthy me, dirty me, oh, I'm just a worm, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. No, you're worthy. You're a child of God. You've been redeemed. You've been saved. And, but God wants you to change your thinking. We need to repent of how we think. In other words, our minds got to start analyzing, what am I doing here? I need to be in fellowship with God. I need to be in that place where I can receive strength and healing and maturity and grow in my most holy faith. Well, I need to repent of the way I'm thinking. Not a bad thing, it's a good thing. I want to change. I need to be converted in the way I think and see things and handle things. I want to just touch the things of God. I want to be with God because it's a, it's a, it's a doorway to blessing. You see, when people do things and they get caught, Oh, I'm so sorry I did that. Oh. They can cry, tears can come down, and they can get on a platform and get behind a pulpit and say, Oh, I'm so sorry uh, that I did that. Yeah, you're sorry because you got caught that you, you're, you're repenting. But in their heart, there's no purpose of change because there's they're, really not a want to change. Because if they didn't get caught, would they still be doing it? People have done things, uh, you hear, you hear, you read, uh, you see these things. People have done things for years, 20 years, 30 years. They get caught and say, oh, gee, I'm so sorry. Oh, that was so wrong of me to do that. Forgive me. Well, for 30-something years you were doing it and you didn't think it was bad or wrong until you got caught. That's not Repentance. Even though you know you may have hurt someone, there's no repentance in there. You could pay them back the money, and that's not repentance. If I stole, if you, if someone embezzled or stole money from someone, and they get caught and they say, "Oh, I'll pay you back," that's not repentance. That's worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow is knowing that what you did grieved the heart of God. And Lord, I am so sorry. I don't want to grieve your heart. I'm so sorry I did that that grieves you. Forgive me. Lord, I, want to, I just want to live. That's repentance. That's godly sorrow. That's where God says, you know, that if, you, if, if anyone sinned, that if they are, God is quick to forgive. God is quick to, 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 to godly sorrow was understanding that you violated fellowship with God. You did something that caused God who loves you Grief or harm, not harm, but grief or sorrow. And you just turn and you say, Lord, I am truly sorry that I did that, that grieved you. Forgive me. That's repentance. That's godly repentance. It's coming from the heart because you know you offended or grieved God and that God loves you enough to forgive you, to cleanse you, to say, my son, good. Not that you did that, but that you understand that that's not good and that you want to please me. Remember Peter and Judas. Peter denied God, but Peter repented and wept. And look at Peter's life. God made it fruitful, wonderful. Judas it says repented, but the word is, a, is like a godly, worldly sorrow, not a godly sorrow. And what happened to Judas? He went out and hung himself. Had he gone to Jesus, he, may, he would have found forgiveness and mercy if he really, truly went. And who knows what his life could have been. Peter's life, because he repented and went to Jesus and repented, Jesus used his life to touch the lives of so many people. But Judas cut his life short and could no longer touch lives of anyone, could he? Esau, if you go with me to es uh, Hebrews, go with me to Hebrews. I want you to read this. Go with me to Hebrews chapter number 12. 
I want you to read this with me. Hebrews chapter 12. You see, repentance is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. When we understand, Lord, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to just do what pleases you. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to, you know, but I know that I want to do right. I want to be pleasing to you. And Lord, I see, okay, this I shouldn't have done. Forgive me, but I really want to please you. That's repentance. That's godly sorrow. This, that is what God can work with. God can continue to make your life blessed and fruitful for his kingdom. But we just can't run off like the prodigal son and go get caught up in the world. God will wait. God will wait. He was still his son. When the prodigal went into the world, God, the father didn't disown him. The father didn't say, you can never come back here. The father waited with tears and with patience. He waited. And what happened when the prodigal came back? He came back repenting. Father, I've sinned, forgive me. And he made a feast for him. Repentance is a doorway to blessing. A doorway to blessing. Esau, in Hebrews chapter number 12, if you look at verses number 16, Verse number 16, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. You can cry your heart out about what you did or what you're doing. And that gets you nowhere. Tears and crying your heart out and weeping gets you nowhere. You see many, many people get caught and they cry, oh, I'm so, uh, tears come down. But tears doesn't mean you repented. Tears doesn't mean you were sorry for what you did, that you offended God. And it says he sought blessing. How many of you want to be blessed? God is a blesser. God says, you know, without faith is it impossible to please God. Those believe, must believe that he, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God doesn't want to withhold blessing. God wants to pour out blessing. That's why he calls men to repentance. But if there is no repentance of the heart and spirit, God cannot bless. God wants to bless, but he can't. I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. Understand that. But God, God doesn't bless people living in sin. God doesn't bless people whose heart is not really sorry for offending God. Oh, I offended God. Who cares? He loves me. Who cares? What attitude is that? Esau, it says he sought blessing with many tears, but he didn't get it. He was rejected. Why was he rejected? Because God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart, not at how wet your handkerchief is, not how many uh, puffs you went through, not how many tears you shed. That's not repentance. Repentance, God looks at the heart. And God says, you're really sorry that you did that, I know. Because I'm sorry that I offended you, God. I'm sorry that I hurt you, God. Forgive me. Whether you shed a tear or not, it's the heart. It's the heart that God looks at. And God will bless anyone and everyone who repents with a heart, saying, Lord, I've offended you. But you can wail, cry like a baby, kick your feet up in the air, wah, 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 make all kinds of tears. But if your heart is not accepting the fact that you offended God, you need to say, Father, forgive me for offending you. There's no repentance. And without repentance, the blessings are closed like Esau. It says he was rejected. The door of blessing was closed to him. You know, There's consequences to actions 
You may do something and then repent and God will forgive you and continue to bless your life, but there's consequences that come in spite of your repentance. You know the story in the Old Testament, David and Bathsheba. David saw her and lusted after her. And then he had Uriah killed, didn't he? He didn't kill him personally, but he had him killed. He, he planned it and plotted it. And then Nathan the prophet went to David, remember? And he gave him the, the story. And David said, oh, who is that guy that did that? And Nathan says, you. And David repented. God forgave him and look at what he did. But there were consequences and so that's why God does not want us to, to get out of fellowship and go do something like David did because there's going to be consequences. I still, I'm still going to love you. If you repent, I'm still going to love you. And, but there's going to be consequences to your actions. And we as Christians under, have to understand, God's called us to a holy fellowship, given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to keep us pure, keep us keep us making right choices and right decisions if we do not that we're going to do it all the time because we're human but we have the help that we need to stay on the right road and to stay away from the things that would that would that would cause harm to other people because it didn't only hurt God Bathsheba's husband was killed how do you think the family felt when Uriah was killed you think there was any other family members? David, when he repented, he was hurt. Other, and so that's why God doesn't want us to get into that place, but even when you do, there could be consequences that you're going to have to live up to and face knowing that God, you, got, you had godly sorrow and God forgave you, but wow, look at what I caused Look at the heartache I, I brought on other people. Look at the lives that got snuffed out because of me. God, forgive me. Can you think of a more merciful father that would forgive David for having committing adultery, having her husband killed, and then come back and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me? And the father God to say yes. I forgive you because your heart, your heart is full of godly sorrow. Had David had worldly sorrow and saying, uh-oh, I got caught. I'm sorry, God. God would have said, no deal. No deal, David. I'm sorry. Your heart is not sorrowful. And so knowing that we offend God and going to God and saying, Lord, I am sorry for offending you, that's godly repentance and godly sorrow. That's, that's being converted. That's having your mind saying, my focus is on God and my relationship with God, my fellowship with God, and I want to please God. I want to love God. And no matter what, if I know that he will never leave me nor forsake me, he's always there to forgive me if I turn to him. It doesn't give me a license to go do what I want to do. I'm not saying that, but God, the Holy Spirit, is always at work in us, convicting us. Stay away from that. Don't do that. You get a little check mark in your spirit. When you're about to do something you shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit is in you, telling you, giving you a little check. And sometimes we ignore that little check and we say, oh, well. But God is always there to say, if you come back to me, I will forgive you. You see, Nathan, when he went to David, he reminded David that God loves him and God has blessed him and God has brought him to a certain place. So Nathan didn't just go to David and hammer him. Nathan went to David and said, David, God's loved you. Look how God has blessed you all these days. Look at where God has brought you. Look at what God has done for you. Don't you understand that God loves you? Can you see that, that God has loved on you and he still loves you? But David, you sinned. He reminded him of his sin. 
and he warned him of the consequences that unless you repent, unless you be converted, David, there's going to be consequences. And David repented. And yeah, there were consequences to the sin, but had he not repented, Lord only knows. The word of God is empowered to produce in us godly sorrow, repentance, conversion of our mind, of our spirit. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us there's coming a day of judgment. As a church, we really need revival and, our ch and change. The church is not exempt to repentance. Pilgrim's progress is towards the celestial city. We're on a journey to the celestial city. And we've got to turn our face from the city of destruction to the city of God. Hallelujah. You look at the world around us, it's a city of destruction. We've got to keep focused. Our mind has to be renewed, focusing. I'm on a journey to the city of God. I'm on a journey. I'm a pilgrim in this land on a journey. God has loved me. He loves me. He's given me the gift of his Holy Spirit. He's given me the gift of his son, Jesus. How can I not journey through life with him, with joy and with gladness, knowing that he is my strength and my shield. He is my shepherd and my guide. He's watchful over my life to see me through this journey. And so I need to change my way of thinking. I need to change, fix my sights on the city of God, on that place called heaven. I need to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. That's repentance. That's conversion. Because I've been born again, but my mind, my focus is on Jesus, not the things of this world. Yeah, I have to work. Yes, I have to live in this world while I have breath. But I can live in this world and still walk with Jesus. I can live in this world and follow God. And if I live in this world and do something I shouldn't have done, or, or I've got a God who is there to forgive me because I want to be in relationship. And Father, I am sorry for anything that hurt our relationship or hurt you. I am truly sorry. Sorry, help me and grow me and strengthen me, Father God. That is why David was called a man after God's own heart. Because God looks at the heart. And when he sees godly sorrow, but you're, that you're concerned about your relationship with God. And you... Hallelujah. He is a merciful, a merciful God. He's a merciful God. Hallelujah. You know, I want to just end with this before we come around the table. A call to, you know, a call to repentance to unbelievers and even to the church is not, is not just, uh, is not just uh, repent or else. You know, repent or go to hell. That's true. But it's not like bringing someone to the Mount Sinai where Mount Sinai shaking and thundering and saying, repent. God calls us to repent. But why should we repent? Why should I repent? That was my question, why? I know I'm a, I know I'm a sinner. Why should I stop doing what I'm doing? Because of the love of God for you that God gave Jesus Christ, that you might have life with him, that he might give you a new way of life, a new quality of life. You need a reason to repent. You need a reason to return. You just can't go with a hammer to somebody and say, repent or God's going to come after you and get you, or you're going to hell. What other option do I have? Hello? The option is that you come into a relationship with the living God who loves you, who wants to fellowship you, who wants to care for you, who wants to give you self-worth, who wants to give you beauty for ashes, who wants to do something wonderful. And when you present the gospel that there's a God who loves you and calls you to live for him, live with him, live in him, that's the reason why someone should want to change their ways of living.
Because you don't repent just because someone says repent. There's got to be a reason, an underlying motive, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's why unbelievers would be called to repent, because there's a God that loves them and wants them to enter into the kingdom of God, which is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel that God can bring you into a place where you can know the wonders of his love. And those of us that are, are born again already, we still need to be converted. We still be, need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, understanding our relationship with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit is this is a priority in my life. This is where I need to be in relationship. And I don't want to offend that relationship. If you love your wife, if you love your husband, you're not going to go out and fool around and say, oh, well, my husband will forgive me. Oh, my wife will forgive me because she loves me. What kind of person are you that would willingly go out and do something like that and think that just because your wife or your husband says they love you, you can go out and do that and come home and say, well, you forgive me, right? You love me, right? And we cannot get that mindset with God, thinking we can live how we like and say, God, well, you have to forgive me. What's in your heart? Don't you love your wife? Don't you love your husband? Don't you want to do right by them? Don't you love Jesus? Don't you want to do right by him? That's what it's all about. That when we repent, we receive the gifts of the gift of the Holy Spirit. We receive the gift of fellowship with God. We receive times of refreshment upon our lives. God will refresh you like the youth and like the eagle. Repentance is a doorway to blessing. As we come around the table of communion today, just think of what God has done to bring you into relationship with him. What God has done to forgive you and to cleanse you, to make you his own. And God wants you to live each day knowing the wonders of his pleasure in his presence. God wants you in his presence forevermore. That is why this is a reminder of the price paid for you, that God wants you in a place of relationship with him where he can love on you, where he can care for you. He wants to change the way we live, the way we think, because of his love. Not out of fear, but out of love for God. Lord, I love you so much. I want to change my life. I want to change my ways. I want to change my thinking. I want to be converted. I want to be converted. I want to strengthen my brethren in, in walking. In. I want to be iron sharpening iron. I want to, I want to be fruitful for you. I want, to, I want my life to count for your glory and for your name's sake. Repentance is not a bad thing. Repentance and conversion is a good thing. And we need to seek that and guard that in our hearts.